In this episode of Call to Marriage, I am closing out the Depend to Who series by talking about military marriage myths and how they are all just nonsense. I talk about some statistics and how the ideology of what a military spouse is, it's just outdated. So let's just jump right into it. Hi there. Welcome to Call to Marriage, a show about navigating life as a military spouse. I'm your host, Callie, a newcomer on the scene of what is the military spouse life. The military community is a tight-knit, but sometimes tight-lipped one. I hope to pull back the curtain on life as a military spouse to answer the questions that I wish someone would have answered for me, talk about my experiences I've gone through, or talk about the ones that I'm going through right now. I'm always learning new things about this crazy new life and invite you on this journey with me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Call to Marriage. We are rounding out our Depend to Who series, which has honestly honestly been so much fun to record. We've talked about spouse stigmas and, you know, different different things that we go through, different milestones that we go through. And so I thought that the best kind of stigma stereotypes to end with would be military marriage myths. And so if you're on the Instagram, you saw that I posted yesterday kind of a sneak peek as to what we're going to be talking about, which I think are the three um, most heard myths or rumors or things that kind of get passed around the most, which is, you know, every spouse cheats, um, every military family should have tons of kids, and the spouse is dependent on the service member. And so I wanted to sort of break down these three myths with some facts and with some understanding of why maybe they circulate around so much and why they're completely false. And so I'd love to start with the every spouse cheats myth because I think this is the one that we hear the most. If you're in spouse Facebook groups, it seems like almost every day there's someone asking for advice on divorce or a military member is getting divorced or you hear this all the time that you know being in the military is really hard because the rate of divorce is so much higher than outside of the military. If you're in the military, you know your service member is going to cheat on you or you're going to cheat on them, which is where we get this term Jody which is essentially just um, a a name given to somebody that you cheat on your spouse with. And so I wanted to understand why is this such a heavily circulated rumor and, you know, is it in fact true? Like, do military members have a higher rate of divorce than not? And if we look at a report sent out by the Pentagon in 2019, and I think this is probably the best place for me to start, <clears throat> you know, the way that the the Pentagon, the military does their their divorce rate reports is that they look at everybody who got married at the fiscal beginning of the fiscal year and then how many people got divorced at the end of the next fiscal year. And so, you know, in the 2000, um, sorry, the 2020 report, actually, there were 671,809 military members married at the start of 2020. Of that number, 2.8% or roughly 18,500 people were divorced, 2.8%. The trending average that we see in military marriages, the trending average percentage that we see is 3.1% of military marriages will end in divorce, 3.1%. Enlisted, on average, it's about a 2.5, 2.6%. Officers, it's about a 1.7% divorce rate. So it's a lot lower than I think what you might hear 
circulating. I think a lot of people believe that, you know, almost half of military marriages end in divorce or more than a third of military marriages end in divorce. And it's just not true statistically what we see, at least in a fiscal year, it's not what we see. If we were to look at, you know, to even from 2017 to 2020, that rate is still around the three percentage mark. So we kind of see it really steadily not increasing, sort of plateauing at that 3%, 3.1%. And so I was thinking, you know, if we have these statistics, right, we have hard numbers um, because it's not like an opinion thing like where they ask people, did you get divorced this year? Like they track it. What is the reason that it's circulated around so much. And one of the things that I thought of was, you know, what travels faster and, and quicker and with more more veracity is, does good news or is it bad news? And I think it's very clear to understand that bad news, you know, gets attention. It, it gets the most clicks. It gets the most interest. People talk about it the most. You know, there are people who like to gossip and and talk about things. And so I think when you have that sort of center in this rumor, it gets talked about a lot because people talk about it a lot. It's something that it does happen. And when it does happen, it is talked about frequently. Um, You know, you do see quite a few service members divorcing around you maybe. And it in that environment, because it is such a small community, it can seem like it's half or a third or a large quantity of people because the community is so small, right? And so if it's happening around you, it's very easy to get into this mindset of, oh my gosh, if this is happening at this rate here, it must be happening at this rate every other post. Um, I think, you know, and this is just my opinion, I, I think that if you're in a high activity, like, post or or station where there's you know a lot of deployments going on a lot of field exercises maybe morale isn't super high you can hear more of those stories um, of the divorce rate and um, you know the cheating and everything like that but I think not every post is like that there are you know posts that move a little bit slower that don't have as high of a divorce rate or of adultery rate And so understanding that as well feeds into this statistic is also important to remember. But at the end of the day, compared, you know, to what we hear, I think a lot of times you'll hear like, you know, half of marriages will end in divorce is something that you hear all the time. In the military community, it's around 3.1%. It's fairly low compared to how many military members get married. And this, I think, feeds into the myth that every military spouse member cheats because if every military spouse member cheated, we'd probably see a lot more divorces and separations because normally when that happens, you don't continue with the relationship or you do. But also, I think the military does do a a fairly decent job of providing resources for family members to sort of prevent a divorce from happening. If, if an infidelity does occur, how do we get back to where we need to be? How do we amend it? Um, the chaplain offers great resources for this. There is marriage counseling that the military offers for this. You can also go um, on marriage retreats. The Army calls them strong bonds. I believe they're called something um, different in other branches, but it's essentially a a couple days of just intense, hey, we're working on our marriage. We're going to follow, you know, a series or a workbook and we're going to do different things together. And they're a great resource if, you know, you want to renew 
your marriage and, and kind of work on communication and work on understanding things. My husband and I went on one and it was a fantastic experience. And we have a, a fairly awesome <laughs> marriage to begin with, but there's always things we can work on. We always say like we're always working on communication and getting better at communication and understanding each other better, knowing where the other person is coming from. Because at times you can be speaking a different language to your spouse and not even be realizing it. So I think taking uh, getting access and, and taking advantage of those resources and then reminding yourself too, especially if you're a new spouse, it's so hard because everyone seems to talk about it. Reminding yourself that it's not every spouse. It's not every military marriage that this happens to. It doesn't have to be your military marriage that this happens to. You know, take advantage of those resources early communicate with your partner. Even if it's something you're concerned about, voice that concern. I've learned that festering things and kind of keeping things to myself does more damage than good. And that if I'm concerned about something or if I hear something, um, you know, like, oh, so-and-so, this happened to so-and-so, like, I I would hate if that happened to, you know, talking about those things and bringing up those fears is a good way because it allows your, your partner to help you work through them right? And that at the end of the day is really going to strengthen your marriage and build your marriage and prevent you from going down a path where maybe there's no coming back from like a divorce um, or, or cheating. And so to the newer spouses, I know you hear it a lot. The statistics kind of back up. It's not every military marriage. It doesn't have to be your marriage. So let's just stop <laughs> spreading that myth because it is a myth. Not every spouse cheats. Not every military marriage ends in divorce. The second myth that I wanted to touch on was this belief that you have to have so many kids. And I know that, you know, you'll see those military families who have like four or five or six kids. They have the big van, you know, everyone's doing something. But there are also the spouses who have no kids. Like my husband and I don't have any kids or just have one kid or two kids. I think this idea that military spouses have to just keep producing babies, there's a very outdated perspective on what what spouses are and their role. I think um, just from kind of seeing, you know, the resources provided to spouses for job placement and the resources provided to spouses on, you know, their involvement with um, different events within the military, it's still sort of this outdated housewife view. Um, And that's not to say that if you're a spouse who's a housewife, you know, you're outdated. Not at all. But even modern day housewives have a different role than, say, housewives in like the 40s or the 50s. And sometimes it kind of feels like we're stuck in that time period with the perception of spouses. Um, I know I've had a a family member lovingly (laughs) tell me that, you know, Tyler, my husband's going to keep me barefoot and pregnant. Like there's this idea that the spouse's role, an outdated, and I'm going to keep saying that word, view that the spouse is, you know, they're meant to take care of the house and have babies. That's their role. That's their role as a military spouse to, you know, to keep the house clean, to have babies and to just stay out of the way. This is so outdated. And I really wish that we would see more modernization in the view of a spouse. I think um, specifically with, you know, how we talk about spouses and the way in which we talk about spouses, um, it's still so much just kind of back in the past. And it'd be really great to see us move forward in a modernized view of what do spouses look like now, you know, in the, the 21st century, what do spouses look like, you know, or in 
where we're at, what do spouses look like? And to do that, you know, there are a lot of awesome programs. I know me and um, you guys heard her a couple weeks ago, Sarah, are, are joining another podcast to talk about this, talk about modernizing the view of spouses. But to the myth standpoint, because it's so outdated and it's so believed, there is this pressure that you have to just be this superwoman house spouse and pumping out babies and doing your best to just contribute. And if it is your goal to have tons of kids, that is amazing. But if you're coming into this life and that is something that is just like throwing you off, you're not alone. First of all, there are other spouses who do not want to have children or don't want to have children right now or don't want to have a lot of children. And it's not your job as a spouse to just have babies. It's not your job as a woman in general to just have babies. Um, and, you know, you could be the male spouse and um, your female service member is feeling pressure to do things. You don't have to carry – like, that pressure is not for your family. Like, you are allowed to make decisions for your family outside of pressure. And I think stepping forward and beginning to realize that it's, it is outdated and it's not something that is going to carry you as a spouse, it's not going to define you as a spouse, is really good to remember. It's, it's a, a myth and it's a, a rumor because it's this outdated belief that's still in practice. So just remember that it's your body and you are allowed to do what you want with it. And it is if you don't want to have kids, you don't have to have kids. Military spouses and marriages aren't defined by how many babies you have. <laughs> They're defined by a promise that you made to your spouse. That is what makes a military marriage a marriage. They just happen to be in the military, but it's still a marriage at the end of the day. Um, I think sometimes people separate it because it the life is hard. Like I would be naive to say it isn't. Um, and it is different than your quote unquote typical marriage because of the deployments and the field exercises and the different events and the trainings and what have you and the job and the intensity of everything. But at the end of the day, it's still a marriage. It's still a promise and a commitment you made to another individual, which is no different than any other marriage, right? Um, which again is also why I hate the whole you signed up for this line is complete hogwash because <laughs> anybody who got married has quote unquote signed up for it right? You signed up to carry through the hardships with your person in sickness and in health, rich or poor, whatever have you. You made those vows and you made those promises. Does it make your marriage any different from a typical marriage? So, um, you know, if people do say that line to you, I would just – I kindly remind people that they also si did not know what they signed up for or they knew what they signed up for when they go through hardships. But I don't, I don't talk about it in that case because it's not helpful. It's hurtful. Um, but moving, <laughs> moving right along, let me step off my soapbox for a minute to the final um, myth, which is spouses are dependent on their service member. And this ties into the kid, uh, having a lot of kids myth, because it still rides on this outdated view of what spouses are and what spouses can do. I think there is this belief that a lot of spouses are 
helpless and they don't know what's going on and they get in the way. You know, these these views go way back past the 40s and 50s to when, you know, in, back in the beginning of the military, right? Like the, the spouses and the families were kind of viewed as like a burden to the soldier because it would distract them from what they were trying to do. So there's this such an outdated view of what a spouse looks like. A modern spouse is a stay-at-home mom. It's a working career person. It's a working mom. It's a career stay-at-home mom. Like there are so many different aspects. It's, you know, it's the the the, sol- the soldier's wife who doesn't have kids. It's the soldier's husband who, you know, is is carrying the family in that regard. And so there are so many views. That's the other thing too. If you the the lack of modernization what makes a spouse is that the the views and the rumors are solely for female spouses and there are more than just female spouses there are also male spouses and they consistently get left out of the narrative which is so so frustrating because again it just proves that we're still stuck in this outdated mindset and we need to modernize that mindset we need to be accepting and, and understanding and patient and and helpful. And the only way that we can do that is by adjusting what our view of a spouse is and the resources that we provide to spouses. Um, Are we automatically assuming that these spouses just want to stay at home? Do we understand that there are careers outside of the quote unquote typical military spouse careers? Are we, you know, allowing to branch out of the typical, oh, we're going to do these these teas and we're going to do suppers and parties, are we taking into consideration that not all spouses are um, female? I had an example that I wanted to share with you guys of something and it, it, it was interesting to me because it kind of just, it was such a small thing, but it just, it really sort of got me thinking. And this is what sort of fueled this episode. This episode has been a long time in the making, <laughs> but we were at, um, a ceremony and the uh, commander who was taking over was a female and her she had her husband with her and the commander that was leaving was a male and the spouse was a female and the gift to male spouses is a nice bourbon the gift to female spouses is flowers it is such a stereotypical you are a man you will drink here's your thing and the like a 50s viewpoint and you are a female let me give you flowers flowers are pretty and it struck me as odd because it was just such a weird divide not like it was it was just so blatantly you are you are female here you go you are male here you go you're a female spouse flowers you're a male spouse oh but good bourbon just so weird, right? So I think there is still like this outdated perspective, but you have spouses who go above and beyond, who are so far from dependent. I know spouses who own their own businesses, who are entrepreneurs. I know spouses who work, you know, the corporate ladder, so to speak. I know spouses who are awesome teachers and nurses. I know spouses who are these hilarious, so cool TikTok influencer moms. I the definition of a spouse is so different. And I would love as spouses for us to rewrite what this myth is. I think this spouse is dependent is an, is an old 
tail. It's it's a tail that is really not relevant anymore at all. I don't think there's really anything. There's no such thing as a dependa. Period. Even if you are not quote like not bringing in money, you are still contributing and doing something that your spouse needs or doing something that your family needs. So, I want to challenge all of my listeners as we close out this Dependa Who series to just wipe out this myth because it is something that is truly not based in fact. Spouses do so much. They contribute so much in a way that I don't think is really truly recognized because – and, you know, people are going to listen to this and be like, oh, she's just saying that because she's a dependent. Cool. I'm a dependent then. And I'm so – I will proudly – walk around with that, you know, on a t-shirt. But I know that I contribute in a different way than how a spouse is perceived to contribute, a dependent is perceived to contribute. So I challenge you all to take these myths and just demolish them because that's what exactly what they are. They are things that are not true, that do not define who you are as a spouse or define your pathway that you should take as a spouse. There are things that have been talked about for a long time because they're negative. Um, They're based in nonsense and they get passed around because it's easy to talk about them because they get hype and that's it. Um, But I just want to remind you all that they're just that. They're myths. They're not true. You, um, you know, not all spouses cheat. Not all spouses get divorced. You don't have to have kids if you're a military spouse, if you don't want to. And you are not dependent on your service member. You are an independent person. You know, whether you be the stay-at-home dad or the career woman or what have you, you are your own unique person who contributes at the end of the day. You contribute and you matter. Um, I want to thank you all so much for joining me on the Depend Who series. We are going to be working our way into a brand new series, which I will release in full detail this week. But just to give you a little bit of a sneak peek, if you're listening, um, we are going to be focused on preparing for the upcoming seasons. And I'm going to be bringing on a nutritionist and a fitness expert and an organization expert and you know, a first-time mom. And it's going to be so much fun. And I'm so excited. It'll be a lot of really good information. So I'm super, super pumped about that. If you're new to Call to Marriage, hi, welcome. I post every Saturday at noon. Um, You can join the Instagram group at Call to Marriage. I share a lot of tips and reels and, you know, sneak peeks for things upcoming. We are launching stickers. So hop on over to the Instagram if you want to know more about that. In the meantime, though, I hope you all have a fantastic week knowing that you are more than just a spouse, more than just a husband or a wife. You are a full person with unique abilities. Reach out to me if you have any questions at ask.ctmpodcast at gmail.com. Rate us, leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, and I will talk to you all again so soon. Bye.